knowing you for some while that's true and you've always had a tinkling of soul every day i, I try to describe soul maybe you mm. can hum eight bars of what soul represents Kevin. And I'm Eric. And we are alone again, but we are still broadcasting successfully, I hope, right here on K Piss. Right here on K Piss, the, gold. the Golden Stream. Ay, 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 ay. Always stepping on my toes. Anyway, it's just the two of us, me and Eric, today. It is a celebratory day for him, I suppose. So he'll have his brief moment uh, against my better judgment. And then other than that, I've got, uh, let's see, about an hour and 45 minutes pulled, which means I've got to pull through and speak for 15 minutes. Boom. Boom.
birthday mo figure happy birthday mo figure oh you're just clouding and bragging about your own situation don't even start with me with your happy birthday mo figure yeah that uh i know we should celebrate i guess i guess i don't want to give him too much uh attention but we should celebrate the fact that it is in fact tomorrow uh, is Eric's uh, eighth birthday Eric will be eight years old in cat years and uh, I don't know what that makes him in human years but I'm 42 and I feel like we are right there riding the same wave if somebody wants to do me a favor and do a quick Google about what the age is between uh, an eight-year-old cat and a 42-year-old male human, I would be appreciative. So send us the scoop on that. Thank you. Ole, ole, ole. Uh, Eric, go ahead. It's your birthday. Let's get it out of the way. You're driving me crazy already. And so let's see what you... Boom. Let's, let's see what you have to say. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a day of unparalleled significance. The day before my birthday. Yes, you heard correctly. It's the day the world received the gift of my existence. I can only imagine the anticipation that must have surrounded this momentous occasion. There is a lot of anticipation. You changed my life, my friend. I love you forever. Uh, when I speak to you in code, when we're having our endearing moments, I say, Hey, handsome. I call the other one Little Man. But you're handsome to me. That's your nickname. So, happy birthday. As I stand here before you, basking in the glory of another year of my extraordinary life, I can't help but reflect on the remarkable individual I've become. It's no secret that I'm a cut above the rest, and today, we celebrate the pinnacle of human achievement, me. <laughs> human achievement has nothing to do with it, you're a cat, what are you talking about? While some may be content with mediocrity, I've consistently pushed the boundaries of excellence in every facet of my existence. My unparalleled talents, unmatched intellect, and undeniable charisma have undoubtedly left their mark on this world. Alright, I'm gonna cut you off. I know you've got a little bit more to say, but I think that's more than enough. Uh, let's see. Uh, a mature cat is seven to ten years. Mature is prior to senior. And so that means we're kind of in the same ballpark, but uh, 
I don't have a physical number to go by. But we're, uh, point being, I'm happy it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Mofiga. Yeah, that's you. Happy birthday, Mofiga. I love it. Uh, so yeah, it's Eric's birthday tomorrow. Um, I would be remiss to not point out in a more somber sense that it's also 9-11 tomorrow. Uh, it is 9-11 tomorrow and I live in New York City. I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, I don't leave my apartment as much as I should these days. So I find it strange to think that I can't even comment on the state of the uh, beams of light that should be shooting out from lower financial district in Manhattan. I haven't seen them yet. Uh, I don't know if they're beaming or not, or if I just haven't seen them. It's been a very hot summer. Uh, all of the electricity that we omit is making it worse. <laughs> So maybe they chose to dial it back, but uh, I even will confess, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you the truth, but I have a balcony that overlooks, from Brooklyn, that overlooks the financial district, and I can see the World Trade Center. Um, so, so that means that, uh, that means that I should be able to see the two beams of light that should be shooting up from where the waterfalls are. And, uh, I don't know, I have strange memories of the world trade, uh, my family, before I moved to New York, used to always come here for the day after Christmas to sort of get out of the house, so to speak. And so we would come to Manhattan and we would just walk for miles and miles and miles. My dad, my brother, me, sometimes my sister, Beaner. I don't remember if Kate ever came, honestly. But I know that there was the trio of the band of brothers that were there many times over. And uh, there were some interesting visits that involved reflecting upon the before and the after of um, what happened in 2001 uh, in 9-11. And, uh, yeah, no, I, was, I saw the before and after, and now there's a big fucking skyscraper there. So, I do always think about it in a weird way. Uh, I can't help it. Can't help it. Can't help it. Can't help it. Life is what it is, and sometimes life throws a brick through your window, and, uh, and anyway, alright, let's call it a wrap on trying to be nostalgic and thoughtful about travesty, and let's uh, instead pivot and start playing some music. I apologize. What I wanted to focus on more was that it was Eric's birthday. Boom. But it was a crazy day. I don't even know if I should get into it or not. My experience on 
I was scared for my family. I was scared for the country. I skipped all my classes in college. Sat in front of a tube television, square shape. No cell phone. It's crazy.
myself keeps slipping back to this Agnes Obel in a moment but for now let's see what Scott's doing hey buddy hey buddy can you hear me Scott hello hey can you hear me oh that doesn't sound promising hello I'm, I'm assuming that you can't hear me which is a problem, so if you will just all enjoy this beautiful moment, I'm going to troubleshoot it in real time. I changed some variables today, and uh, that requires us to also change some variables uh, for incoming phone calls. Scott. Scott, can you hear me now? Tell me you can hear me. God damn it. Uh, Loopback device. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Wonderful. I fixed it. Sorry about that. We, uh, we, um, I wonder what else you can hear. Can you hear this? Hold on. Can see. I hear you it's singing. A danger. Oh, you're missing out. All right, that's okay. So now I know that's okay because it's different on the phone than it is on the Zoom. So let me throw some bed music on, get some circa playing in the background, and I'd like to chat with you for a brief moment. Thanks for being patient. Good evening, my friend, my brother, in fact. Good. Good evening. Yeah, no, when you start talking about it, I was like thinking about, because uh, obviously I was at uh, college at the same time you were, so. Talking, oh, talking about nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shared uh, many, many hours in front of that TV that day. That was crazy, right? That was crazy. Well, because I think I told you this before, but like I woke up and the guy who I was living with, his brother was sitting on the couch and I went to turn the TV on and it was all fuzzy, but I tried to turn it on a quiet, but I was like, okay. And I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, I got a phone call from a, a friend of ours who went to high school and college with us. And he's like, is your dad okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, a missile just hit the Pentagon. And I think I just immediately hung up and called you and then ran over to your house to only catch the first Trade Center 
fall down. Um, and then the rest, I was just sitting there watching replays and sitting with you and Jay. What a crazy day. Yeah, I, I, yeah, so our dad was working in D.C., and so that was scary. 2001, so that would make me 20 years old, and you, what, 22? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I woke up to my, my sort of more volatile, bizarre roommate. This guy, yeah. ju- this guy Justin, <laughs> and uh, and he barged into Tony my bed. Up. He barged into my bedroom, and he just said, "We're at war." And I oh just <laughs> jumped out of bed. This is literally that's literally what happened. I don't want it. I'm not dr- dramatizing things for conversation's sake. That's that was the that was the chaos that I woke up to that morning, and I jumped out of bed. And put myself in front of a fruck, uh, put myself in front of a fucking TV screen, from like thirty seconds to waking up until late into the evening that day. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember like doing the same, and then and then going back home eventually, only to check my email, and I got an email from my professor saying, "Hey." Um, despite what's going on we're gonna have our exam tomorrow anyway so obviously i had not studied at all what a fucking asshole yeah we get to the class next day the bitch is like well we just i don't like that word terrorists don't want we don't we need to make sure the terrorists don't win um and by and so you know we need to keep on going on and i was like okay i get that you know let's make sure the terrorists don't win but i don't i'm pretty sure there's 0.0 terrorists looking at what was going on in the classroom and giving us the day would have been there was do you remember when we would step outside there were zero airplanes in the sky and you would hear a silence that you're not used to hearing because you didn't realize that the the sky was so loud even and for them for them to say for them to say get back to school and take the test when all of us clearly didn't spend the previous day cramming for the test Right. They can they can just fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. Um, I, I, I there was like a huge curve. So anyway. Yeah. No. And I remember. Yeah. So we, and then we had it was an interesting day because we had a collection of people kind of come spend time with us, and it was sort of a fun. I hate the not fun, but it, my home was like a fun place for people to come together at that time like i did i did have that you know after you left like it continued (laughs) you know yeah well it's like and i don't think you and i got confirmation that dad was okay until like maybe that evening i think so there was like this uncertainty about what was going on we couldn't we couldn't get phone calls through to northern virginia yeah it's crazy and, uh, and I, when I do remember like some of the benefits were, uh, I think I don't think it was that day, but I do think it was like later that weekend at your apartment, and we were on your back porch, and that roommate of yours that you mentioned, he got into like an argument, and like there was almost like this fight that was going to happen, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, "Well, wait a minute, we're all Americans here," and then and all of a sudden there was like, "Oh yeah, USA," and then it was like everything was fine because we were all you know so coming strange. together, you know, despite our differences. It was so weird. Yeah. 
That's how George Bush survived the hot seat for so long. He was there at a moment. People yeah, cut him some slack for a little bit of time when he should not have been cut any slack. That that war criminal. Yeah. Um. Only did, anyways, I, it, yeah, it was just craziness. I, 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 I'll always remember that day. Do you remember? So, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So for everybody, and I want to hear what you were going to say, because you just had a do you remember too, so it'll, it'll be interesting to compare notes. But So this is my brother, so I've known, he's he's older than me. I've known him since I was born. <laughs> um, yeah, we have all the memories. And so I, you know, back before digital photographs, we would take little stupid plastic cameras, <laughs> disposable cameras to take photos even, you know? And I have photos to this day of you and me posing at an angle as children or as teenagers, I guess, because it would have been right before 9-11 with us sort of posing as like giants with uh, with with the world trade in the backdrop um, before they fell. I don't know if you remember those photos. Yeah, and if I recall them, and it, it, I don't think it was obviously in hindsight wasn't respectful, but like it was like I think I even had my hands out like, oh look, I'm falling from the tower. Like, okay, little did I know that was going to be like the worst thing that I could have possibly done. You know, uh, yeah. I'd be canceled if anybody saw that photo. That was so hard to watch on television. People, Ugh, that was make, the worst part. Making that terrible decision. Um, yeah, what a shitty, shitty experience for for everybody. Um, I know people that were sitting underneath the um, World Trade in a, like a park bench, just like waiting to meet somebody before work, and then airplane went through the building. Yeah, uh, I've seen those videos so many times. It's like insane. Yeah, and uh, and then a guy that I used to work with had my first New York City job, you know, lived in whatever, Long Island, and it was impossible to get out of the city, and it was a big thing, and this guy, similar to me in my previous life, was a chain smoker, cigarette smoker, which I was for a long time, and... Uh, and after he did all of the things he could do to be constructive and helpful in the financial district that day, because that's where he worked, uh, he took like the subway uptown eventually, I guess, and he was just like chain smoking cigarettes on the platform and even in the in the subway car because it was just like it doesn't matter, like everybody's just doing the best they can. And I just can't imagine yeah, that, that day in New yeah. York. Well, I remember like when we, you first got up there. At, you know, years later after you know you moved up there, and you know, obviously they're constructing the Freedom Tower or whatever. It, but I think I can't remember which place of yours was the closest to it. But I, I, well, I want to say we were watching the fireworks on top of the roof for Fourth of July. But I just remember looking over at Manhattan, and being like man like this view this is like it was right there like it just like seeing that it was just weird from that yeah, angle from brooklyn because when we were looking at that view from brooklyn there was no skyscraper there anymore right yeah crazy 
But yeah, when we went, I think we went there that Christmas, and there was like it was still like 13 stories tall of rubble. And then when I went the next summer after I graduated, I was uh, babysitting uh, or house sitting, I should say, uh, Nora's house uh, in New Jersey, and I just drove in to Manhattan one day just so I could go see it. And then even then, like you know, this is almost like a year later, it was still like 10 stories tall of rubble. And I just remember thinking like this was never going to be the same but they've done such a amazing job of, of, of making that place a good place for remembrance and then i just saw this morning there's some special about bloomberg um, just opened up some uh arts facility that has like this uh, interchangeable stage and everything it looks super cool so the wow. is gonna be like enjoyment and stuff going on at the, the world trade and uh, yeah so, spotify anyways, i haven't been there Go ahead. i think spotify's headquarters is there now i could be mistaken don't quote me on that. Well, I saw he was Bloomberg also brought up that the crazy thing is like you would have never thought it then, but I think there are three times as many people who live in that area now than did during the World Trade, you know, oh, or wow. during nine eleven. Yeah, it I was like well, that's a really interesting stat. Like you know, you know, we did rebuild, we did move on, we did you know grow from it. So it was it was good good message from Bloomberg. Well, so the to to bring it back to reality for a second, the problem with the whole climate change thing is mm-hmm. that uh, so the 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 you know the water level is rising, obviously, but the problem also is is that uh, that part of Manhattan was built on garbage or fill fill landfill, and so. Uh, and so it's sinking slowly, and so now there's all these people there, and eventually we got to figure out how to way to protect them because they're gonna be there yeah, anyway. Yeah, Chicago's having the same problem. Yeah, it's crazy. Mark, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey, you were. Th- hey, what's going on, man? Long time no hey. talk. I know. It's good to hear your voice. You were there on nine eleven, nine eleven, two thousand one. I have my crazy memory of that day. I was with you guys that afternoon. We're over there at Kevin's place. And it's funny because I was in the, besides engineering, I was in the music program too at Tech. And the day before, we had a master class with a a guy named Sandip Berman, who's this amazing tabla player. And uh, he had a group that was coming through uh, called East Meets Jazz. And they were performing there at the Lyric. And uh, so it was like Sandit Berman with Tabla, with like Randy Brecker, one of the Brecker brothers on trumpet, uh, Howie, Ep- uh, who's Howie Epstein, the uh, harmonica player from Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. This oh, is like cool. an all-star group of musicians. Very cool. And uh, they did a great master class, and then they, they were going to be in concert on September 11th, and I had tickets and gotten some for you guys. And mm-hmm. I remember we were all sitting around that afternoon, and you're uh, apartment we're just we were just like completely forlorn and um you know i was like you know i you know this concert hasn't been canceled i'm still gonna go uh does anyone want to go and so the only one that was up for it was jason and so jason and i went there to the lyric and like the crowd the energy was just like so just destitute and just so forlorn and just kind of but Sandip Berman, you know, she came out on stage mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I, I don't, cannot ex- 
express how I feel today in words, I can only do it through my music. And wow. he went on and played one of the probably the, the most amazing concert I've ever been to because he just captured the essence of what we were feeling and then created this one or, you know, organism of, within the crowd and where it was able to elevate us together. Wow. And it wasn't like a positive energy. It was more just like a collaborative, like... It's like a funeral. Thing, like we are together. And that, I still remember to this day with Jason, like that concert was just, you know, something else. It was just like the, the something that I, I, my soul needed to be able to con- to be able to understand or even wrap my head around emotionally what had happened that day. Do you remember how your day started? I remember, I think it was very similar to yours. I remember I was in an apartment there in Fox Ridge in Blacksburg, Virginia, and I came out and like my roommate, Stu, was like sitting there in his underwear, like just staring at the TV and he's like, you know, he's like, you won't believe this shit. And he's pointing at the TV and I just saw it was like CNN and it was just like smoke coming from a building. And, wow. you know, I remember us being there at, you know, Virginia Tech, you know, like a lot of kids came from Jersey. We have a lot of kids, like your parents were there, worked in New York, and then a lot of kids that worked there in like D.C., Pentagon, like your dad. I mean, there's all sorts of like worry and just like trying to get in touch with kids that you knew whose parents were working in one of those two places, just trying to, I mean, it was just like a, a complete scramble. I and mean, it's funny, I was just listening to you guys. And I'd completely forgotten about what you had said. Well, like, I'd forgotten that moment of, like, the quietness of the sky. And it's like, you don't realize how many planes are always flying over, but they grounded, like, every plane in the United States that day. Yeah. Yeah, it was noticeable to see nothing and feel nothing. To me, anyway. Yeah. I remember standing, I, re- I remember a specific moment standing in this, I can't remember the intersection. It was, because I don't remember the road names there, but I know it in my mind, visually. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, it was very quiet, but yeah, I was there with both of you. What a fucking crazy day. That's, I'm actually really happy for the, for you that you went to that concert. I don't know, Scott, do you remember how we spent the back half of that day? Cause you're always better at that, but I don't remember. It was it just very, just sitting there just in awe. Like I was just, I don't even know how much I talked. I saying during the times we were all there I just remember sitting there watching the TV and just being like I can't believe this is happening and yeah it's just insane and then the, I, and for us because we were just all graduating college we had so many friends that went overseas you know some made it back some didn't and you know our dad like how he had his whole job was you know changed forever from that moment too yeah and, uh, you know obviously what I do is somewhat related but it's crazy uh how much that changed everybody yeah we had some friends out especially some close guys i know you guys knew through high school that just kind of dropped whatever they're doing and enlisted remember that yeah we had a friend that graduated yeah and he just went and enlisted and, and he went he, he did a, a few uh tours over there yeah i mean there are a lot of people who did that obviously and you remember like there's that nfl player who quit and decided to join too and yeah that's, yeah, that's funny you mentioned that his name is pat tillman and uh, he's a hero here in Tempe, Arizona, where I live, because he went to uh, Arizona State and played for the Sun Devils, and then he went on to play for the Arizona Cardinals. So, and they actually played their games in the same stadium, the Sun Devil Stadium at the time. And he, um, 
you know, he, he just quit being a football player and, and wanted to enlist. And so they actually, in honor of him, um, they have a Pat's Run, which is, um, I think it's like a 10K every uh, October where they do a run. It's, and it's hard to sign up. I mean, it fills up real quick, but people do that in honor of him. Hmm. Well, the whole thing, yeah, thinking about that day, and I'm glad to talk to both of you since we all experienced it together, but uh, yeah, it was very unpleasant. I don't know. I just remember basically being glued to the television for the full full day and just watching whatever news channel hadn't gone bonkers in its agenda yet um, and watching what happened. But yeah, I think... For both you and me, like the way that we were introduced to the situation was just so unique. It's like, you know, to have a friend call and say, you're, "Is your dad okay?" And you're like, "What are you talking about?" And then a missile, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like, this doesn't make any sense to me, and I couldn't see it. Yeah. Yet. And then I think I called you, and you're like, "Get your ass over here!" And then for you to get woken up being like, "We're at war," and you're like, "What the hell does that mean?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, our whole life we've never had anything. We were, I, mean, I was born in '79. You know, so I didn't have to deal with Vietnam, and yeah, there's. Desert Storm, but I just remember Desert Storm was more of like a I don't know this thing that just kind of happened real quickly. But this, you know, for the next like twenty years, say we just recently got out of that war. It's like crazy. Yeah, now I've lived in New York for fifteen years, and so it feels um, even more personal, a little bit. Well, yeah, it was interesting that you went to New York, and then I lived in D.C. for so long. Yep. Um, exactly. I, I remember mom did buying us uh, like uh, emergency kits in case another one happened. <laughs> and, like remember you had the crank radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crank radio. I remember that. Yeah, I had the like, crank on the side. You'd like turn it like you're winding up a music box. I called it my ar- my ar- exactly. my Armageddon radio. Here, that and some duct tape and that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what I, so I either don't, I don't remember if it was from that day. I do know that back in those days, this was a daily part of my habit. Uh, but I've seen it and listened to it a number of times, but it may have also been a part of our regiment when we were locked into the television on September 11th, uh, 2001. But, uh, we, um, there was a really good, it was a pretty honest and proud and well-spoken delivery from John Stewart on The Daily Show when he was broadcasting at that time as well. He actually, uh, lived in, uh, downtown Manhattan, and so he was even, you know, uh, affected from a, a view perspective from his home. Um, so it was more than just being a New Yorker. Um, but, uh, I wanted to hopefully play a clip of that as well. Uh, are you guys still with me? Yeah. But yeah. And I just want to add that John Stewart's been, uh, great since then too, you know, of all the burn pits that, um, and, you know, sticking up for the troops and, and all the people who also got infected by, uh, you know, all the debris and stuff. So anyways, go ahead and play the clip. Let me see if you can hear this. Uh, if you can't, I'm just going to let you guys hang up, but I think you'll be able to hear it and we can talk about it after. Here we go. Th- this is John Stewart on 9 11, 2001. 
Good evening, and uh, welcome to The Daily Show. Uh, we are back. Uh, this is our first show since uh, the tragedy in New York City, and uh, uh, I'm, there's no other way really to start the show than, than to ask uh, you at home the question that, that we asked the audience here tonight and that we've asked uh, everybody that we know here in New York uh, since uh, uh, September 11th, and that is, are you okay? And we pray that you are and that your family is. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to do this to you. To, 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 it's, it's another entertainment show beginning with uh, an overwrought speech of, of a shaken host. And uh, uh, television is nothing if not redundant. So uh, I apologize for that. It's something that, unfortunately, we do for ourselves so that we can drain whatever abscess is in our hearts and move on to, uh, to the business of making you laugh, which, uh, which we haven't been able to do very effectively lately. Um, everyone's checked in already. I know we're late. Uh, I'm sure we're, we're getting in right under the wire before the cast of Survivor offers their insight <laughs> into... Uh, uh, what to do in these situations. Uh, they said to get back to work. And uh, uh, there were no jobs available for uh, a man in the fetal position under his desk crying, <laughs> uh, which I gladly would have taken. Uh, so, I, so I come back here. Uh, and uh, tonight's show is, is not obviously a regular show. We, we looked through the vault. We found some clips that we thought might make you smile. Uh, which is really what's necessary, I think, uh, right about now. And a lot of folks have asked me, what are you going to do when you get back? What are you, you going to say? I mean, that, geez, what a, what a terrible thing uh, to have to do. And, and I don't see it as a burden at all. I, I, I see it as a privilege. And <laughs> I just, I see it as a privilege. And everyone here does see it that way. And... The show in general, we feel like, is a privilege. Just even, even the idea that we can sit in the back of the country and, and make wisecracks, which is really what we do. We sit in the back and we, we throw spitballs. <laughs> and, uh, but never forgetting the fact that it is a luxury in this country that allows us to do that, that, it, that it is a country that allows for open satire. And I know that sounds basic. And it sounds as though uh, it goes without saying, but that's really what this whole situation is about. It's the difference between closed and open. It's the difference between free and, 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 and burdened. And we don't take that for granted here by any stretch of the imagination. And our show uh, has changed. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that. What it's become, I don't know. Uh, Subliminable is not a punchline anymore. Uh, one day it will become that again, and, and Lord willing, it'll become that again because it means that we have ridden out the storm. But the main reason that, that I wanted to, to speak tonight is, is uh, not to tell you what this show's going to be, not to tell you uh, uh, about all the incredibly brave people that are here in New York and in Washington and, and around the country, uh, 
but but we've had an unenduring pain here and and unendurable pain and I just I wanted to tell you why I grieve but why I don't despair I'm sorry luckily we can edit this <laughs> One of my first memories is of Martin Luther King being shot. Uh, I was five. And if you wonder if this feeling will pass, uh, when I was five and he was shot, here's what I remember about it. Uh, I was in a school in Trenton, and they shut the lights off, and we got to sit under our desks. And we thought that was really cool. And they gave us cottage cheese which was a cold lunch because there was rioting. And we, but we didn't know that. We just thought, my God, we get to sit under our desks and eat cottage cheese. <laughs> and, and, what a, and that's what I remember about it. And that was a tremendous test of this country's fabric. And, and this country's had many tests before that and after that. And the reason I don't despair is because this attack happened. It's not a dream. But the aftermath of it, the recovery, is a dream realized. And that is Martin Luther King's dream. Whatever barriers we've put up are gone even if it's just momentary. And we're judging people by not the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And, you know, all this talk about these guys are criminal masterminds. They've, they've gotten together and they've, their extraordinary guile and their wit and their skill, it's, 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 it's a lie. Any fool can blow something up. Any fool can destroy. But to see these guys, these firefighters, these policemen, and, and people from all over the country, literally with buckets, rebuilding, that, that is, that's extraordinary. And, and, and that's why we've already won. They can't, it's, it's light. It's, it's democracy. It's, it's, we've already won. They can't shut that down. They live in chaos. And chaos, it, it can't sustain itself. It never could. It's too easy and it's too unsatisfying. The view from my apartment was the World Trade Center. And now it's gone. And they attacked it. This symbol 
of American ingenuity and strength and, and labor and imagination and commerce, and it is gone. But you know what the view is now? The Statue of Liberty. The view from the south of Manhattan is now the Statue of Liberty. You can't beat that. So we're, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to stop oh, yeah, yeah. myself in the desk. And uh, thank you, to this. everybody. That was and it's going to be fun, eight, and funny, and it's going to be the same as it was. And I think that was eight minutes and fifty-one seconds of monologue from uh, September twentieth, two thousand one, uh, when. When the Daily Show came back on the air after whatever hiatus needed to happen to recuperate after the events of 9-11. Scott, you still there? Yeah. Yeah, my only thoughts were hearing John Stewart talk about the part about um, his first memory being Martin Luther King's assassination. And I remember thinking back when 9-11 happened that our sister had literally just turned three uh, a few days before. Yeah. And thinking that he's only going to know this world where this happened after. Whereas at least like you and I, we had the entire eighties and nineties to goof around and not have any like crazy things that were like world altering going on. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I had to add, but that was, I'm glad that you played that John Stewart clip. I I hadn't heard that in years. That's a powerful thought though. Thinking about, uh, our dear little kiddo sister who just turned 24, Five? Is that correct? Yep. Jesus. Uh, one lap down, free to go. Jesus. Happy birthday, Mofiga. Happy birthday, Caitlin. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mofiga. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, the Jon Stewart thing. I, I definitely watched it live. I, I was glad to be able to do a little bit more research while it was happening and figure out that it happened on the 20th and not on the day. But I do remember on that day just being locked into the TV and then thinking about the life of a 25-year-old. What a mindfuck that is on a day like today. Jesus, yeah. Huh. Um... That's the world. That's the world that she's learned. That so many crazy things happened in the first chunk of 2000, 2001 through two thousand ten. Yes, I did. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're good. Al- you're awesome, and uh, and it was nice to be able to um, to think through this with with you. Uh, that was a really shitty day. I'm sorry to talk about it for 27 minutes and 22 seconds no it's good I, you know, I think uh, most of the media is like after the 20 year anniversary they've kind of moved on so there's not as many big specials and stuff anymore so it's good to you know still have time to just remember so I um, thank you yeah no thank you and I um, I don't think I'm as like checked out is the risk of not noticing those two beams of light so I'm going to look through the duration of this program and hope to see them fired up because I could totally see it from where I live. 
but I'm a little worried that maybe we haven't prioritized turning them on anymore, and that would be really pathetic, because that should just happen in perpetuity. Um, so maybe I'm wrong. Definitely don't quote me on the fact that there's no lights, but I haven't seen them yet. So. Well, I would assume if they happened last year on the 21st anniversary, they would still be happening. And so, yeah, I would be curious to see if you see them later tonight. Hey, before I get you off the phone, can I ask you a wild question? Sure. Do you no. want me to do you want me to play another song and coordinate getting Dad on here to talk about his experience? Well, I was thinking about that. I think if if he was available, it would definitely be worthy. He's always uh, good with a uh, recollection and and think, telling things in a good manner. So yeah, if you could do that, that would be awesome. I, I would love to hear that. All right, if you're willing to sit tight for potentially two songs. Uh, then I'd like you to stay on the line and I'll see if I can coordinate that happening right now. Sure. All right. I'll be here. All right. Throw yourself on mute. I'm going to play a little Bruce. And uh, everybody, thanks for staying with us. Uh, my name is Kevin. And I'm Eric. <sighs> and you're listening to The Daily Echo right here on K-Piss. K-Piss. The Golden Stream. The Golden Stream. Uh, we are talking about the day that we lived through 9-11 as a memory of that day. Uh, I hope that's okay with you. I'm going to play um, some unrelated music now. So here you go. Two songs coming at you, Max. But otherwise, I'm going to get my dad on the phone here, who was in Washington, D.C. on that day. All right, here we go. Woo! <laughs> 
Kiss the golden the 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 golden stream.
The 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 golden stream. Kipis. The 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 golden stream. Boom 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 boom. Happy birthday, Mofiga. with my father our father i'm talking to the listeners right now not you scott apologies uh i just got off the phone with our father and he uh is going to call in in a couple of moments and we are going to talk a little bit more with me my name is kevin and i'm eric and we also have my brother here who i went to college with also and we spent 9-11 together and then uh my dad uh my dad was in the army he went to west point he uh worked in he was in the war college he uh he's a badass um i don't know how much he wants me to say so here we go let's let's get him on dad it's you me and scott okay and you got one more. Yeah, Kate's here with me. Hey, Kate. Uh, hey, Dad. Long time no see. Hey, yeah, really. Long time. It's interesting that Kate's there, too, because we were talking about how interesting it is to think, as a 25-year-old, uh, what life must be like because of the sea change moment that happened in 2001 and how different the world was before that. Yeah, though I'm not sure she knew how different it was that's what we were small kid. that's what we were commenting on yeah. is it's just like she doesn't know the 90s and the 80s uh, no, I only remember. yeah yeah I but trust me I know how everything changed 
I know you did. That's why we wanted to talk to you because we. So we were talking about how because Scott and I were in college together and we basically just sat glued in front of a television all day that day, and uh, I had this slightly strange uh, roommate and at that that year in two thousand one, and he he basically barged into my room after the first uh, tower was hit, and he just screamed, declared, "We're at war." And I obviously leaped out of bed in like chaotic confusion and fear and then sat in front of my television for like an entire day. Uh, Scott came over and a few of our other friends came over and we were just trying to get in touch with you, Dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, and I don't even know if you know fully all the things because uh, before 9-11 happened, as you know, I was working in a, uh, a tall building in Alexandria, uh, but I went to the Pentagon almost every day. I was only about a mile and a half away. But I had decided to get out of the Army, and I was uh, getting my master's in education at night school, going to Old Dominion, and a month before 9-11, I completed my master's. And so I was almost at the point where I was ready to tell the army it's time for me to retire mm. and, and move on, go coach. Uh, you know, I was going to teach high school math and coach baseball. So, you know, that my whole life was kind of focused in that direction. And, and then, uh, you know, of course, the day of 9-11, uh, as you know, Kate was real young and, and was at home with your mom. Yeah, and I went to work that morning, which again was a uh, it was a fifteen story tall building in Alexandria. There was Virginia. about a mile, maybe two miles. Right, Alexandria, Virginia, about a, about two miles from the pe- south of the Pentagon. Yep. And I had a big meeting in the Pentagon, and so uh, you know I'm at the, that time in the morning. Even though it's two miles, traffic is horrendous. And that two miles takes like 30 minutes. And so yeah. I was in, you know, very slow traffic in the car. Uh, and I was listening to music. And your mom called. And she called and said, oh, my God, a plane just flew into the World Trade Center. And, uh, and that, not, and, and, you know, she was, you know, it's funny, like you talk about your friends and all that. She was reacting what I considered to be an overreaction. I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah. Don't jump to conclusion. We don't know, mm. uh, you know, this is terrorism or anything else. And that, and because the traffic was so slow during that conversation, I hadn't made it to the Pentagon yep. when the second plane. And, Which and is where again, you were going. Yeah, well, no, no, not yet. That was the second player on the tower. The plane on the oh, got it. Uh, and so uh, as soon as she said another plane hit, then I knew instantly that, you know, everything I said was not true, that it really was. You know, I knew it was terrorism. Second, it was the second plane. The first first one, you, your mind says, well, you know, there's a lot of other possibilities and everything else. Right. You know, don't jump to conclusions. Right. But when the second one hit, I said, I got to go. Um, and I'll talk to you later. And, and I hung up. And that was because I knew I had people everywhere 
mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and that, you know that this was a terrorist attack, and that suddenly we were going to be there was going to be a big impact on us. And I'm like, I need to know where all my people are. Yeah. So I hung up, didn't say anything to your mom, so she thinks I'm continuing on to the Pentagon to mm-hmm. my meeting. But yeah. instead, I I get off at the next exit and go uh, go back to my office. And start with the okay. We got to figure out where everybody is because even though we're in an office building, I mean, people are all over the place all the time, going to meetings, traveling, everything else. You know, we need to find out where all our people are. <coughs> in all this, my office Brilliant. is on the 14th story in that building, and and the the windows from my desk look north uh, across uh, towards the Pentagon and, and uh, the mall and everything else, and. Uh, and, and we're, you know, up there, and then all of a sudden, you hear the sound from the Pentagon, and you see the smoke billowing up, and and I'm like, oh my God, the Pentagon just got hit, and, and it was probably a minute or two later, there were suddenly two jets up in the air that they actually launched out of uh, Andrews, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were up in the air flying over the, uh, you know, D.C. Uh, airspace. I'm in a 14-story building, so we're seeing these jets that are low-flying, and I'm looking to see if, oh, my God, are there other planes? You know, because at that point, you just didn't know anything. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so as soon as the plane hit the Pentagon, I realized that your mom thought I was still on my way to the meeting in the Pentagon. Yep. And so I tried to call home, mm-hmm. and, of course, all the phones, it, it, it was like seven or eight hours later. Yep. before I was ever able to get through to home. And, of course, she's wondering. And, that, uh, and, and of course, the Pentagon's a five-sided building. The plane flew into the Army side, uh, which was where I was headed. Yeah. So, the, uh, in fact, the office that uh, I was having a meeting in, uh, it, it got engulfed in smoke in that. I, I found out later from talking to people, uh, I, I would have survived. Uh, but I would have been less than 100 meters from, you know, the impact point where the plane flew into the building. You know, the Army is, is the ones that got really hit because it just so happened. Each side of the Pentagon tends to have one service predominantly on that side. Uh, and that. So anyways, uh, you know, I, I'm not able to call home. We're, we're trying to figure out where all our people are. I actually had one of my guys did make his meeting in the Pentagon and he was killed. Uh, oh, wow. in, in in the Pentagon uh, and that uh, uh, and uh, I, I remember you know just having a, a feeling of helplessness and so I volunteered to be a casualty assistance officer you know, basically helping a family that had somebody that was killed in, in the terrorist attack there in the Pentagon mm-hmm. yeah uh, and, which was uh, pretty sobering experience but yeah and, and that changed the whole trajectory because then I knew Okay, there's no way I'm getting out now when we we could be in the dire straits and, and all that. And, you know, I, I stayed, you know, until 2009 on active duty. So it was much longer than I had planned on. Yeah, yeah, it was a pivotal moment in the trajectory of, like, priorities for the things that you successfully accomplished in your career. Yeah, it was definitely... <laughs> a complete change it's like okay I, this is not the time to get out yeah uh, you know there 
and need people and and of course i had no idea where that trajectory was going to take it with the whole up armoring and all that business yeah scott you remember we were just trying to get in touch with mom to figure out what dad where dad was yeah because i remember mom saying something like hey uh, i talked to him earlier but he hadn't gotten to his meeting yet but i haven't talked to him since so there was like a uh, kind of a feeling that he was okay, but we couldn't get in touch with him, so we don't know for sure. And then it was like crazy. But then for Caitlin, there would have been no Aberdeen, there would have been none of this other stuff, you know, if uh, yeah. obviously that day didn't happen. Yeah. Crazy. And then, and then, yeah, rem- I, and then dad, remember all of our trips over all of the years before and after to New York City where we would walk around and see all of the stuff and how it changed yeah because we we would go the day after christmas because we'd go up for christmas day to new jersey to uh your mom's uh parents house and then the next day the perfect day to go into new york city because it's the day after christmas yeah uh you know it's the spirit and it's not nearly as crowded because everybody's on vacation and and that uh, and we went there every year of course this year we go December, you know, not long after 9-11, back when you walked the streets, you know, that dust and ash was still all over in the corners of, of the nooks yeah. and crannies of the building, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I remember cr- the the one fence that had like a, a thousand teddy bears stuck on it, uh, you know, all the pictures that, pe- you know, because at that point, people were, you know, hoping that their loved one wasn't in the tower that day. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was a very crazy time, no question about it. Mm. So, yeah, so wild to think of everybody's different day. I was telling Scott earlier that I there's a person that I work with, uh, worked with here in New York that was working in the financial district that day, so it was close to it. You know, uh, right. tried the best he could to be helpful while he was there schlepped to wherever to get out of new york city so he could go home to long island and that was complicated that day i know somebody that was sitting in a bench underneath the tower on the first one you know that had a traumatic experience and it's just and then you know and mine was memorably emotional and hard and i was sitting in a shitty you know college housing unit uh with you know with a tube television and then you were living it living it in real time yeah there were i I mean you know it was a very real thing i i I remember uh at at our work and again i worked in in an office building not on a military installation and, and that but two days later there was a car parked in front of my office building oh wow that uh Everybody was really peaked on uh, suspicion on everything. And it was like, okay, because it was an area where there are never cars allowed. And it had been there for a couple of days. And, and so we checked the car out, and it had a whole bunch of fundamentalist terrorist uh, paraphernalia in the car. Wow. Crazy. Never fully understood. What, you know, I didn't consider the building I was working in to be something that would be a high priority target or anything else wow uh, but there was clearly somebody that had looked at that building 
That's uh, amazing. For whatever reason. Yeah. I have no idea. And then I remember, you know, as a casualty assistance officer, I mean, they brought all the families in because, you know, most of these people's families didn't live in the local area and put them in a hotel in Crystal City. And there was a twice a day update briefings because, you know, everybody wanted to know about their loved one, even though they all realized, you know, whether they were on the plane or in, in the Pentagon, that yeah. if they hadn't seen them by now, odds were not good. But there would be uh, these briefings, and people are like, "I understand you found, uh, you know, my my loved one, and I want to know why." And people were starting to get very anxious, nervous. I mean, just you know, all the emotions that come with, with yeah. such a tragedy. Yeah. But they're they're like, "I to have a funeral uh, for my loved one," and I remember the the Army three star that was sort of running the you know, trying to take care of the families. And he got up and he said, okay, do you guys want me to be directly honest with you on what the holdup is? And, and people like, yes. And he's like, I'm going to warn you. I'm, I'm going to give it to you straight. If you don't think you can take it, I, I recommend you get up and walk out right now. And, and uh, it became mm -hmm. very somber. And he said, look, your loved one died in a, an inferno. Their body is not recognizable you everybody wants to see their loved one they're not going to look like a person even that's not how you want to remember them you want to get the best picture of your favorite moment or whatever and hug that and he said and and the other problem is while we may have recovered your loved one none of them are intact and we don't want you to have a funeral and then a month later, we say, well, we found another part of their body. Hey. And, and that, and, uh. and, I mean, he was, he was trying to be delicate. Uh, but he's like, look, I, you guys got to understand that we really do have your best interests. And when we think you don't want to yeah. see this, you're never going to see it. And yeah, you want to have some reasonable assurance that we've recovered most of your loved ones. Slow roll. It makes sense. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, <sighs> it, was, it, it was a crazy time. Uh, you know, I, you're right. I got to experience it in many ways. And then obviously later on with the, the deployments over to Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, hey. Scott, you there? I want to make sure you Yeah, I'm there. I guess I, the only thing I would say is that, was that like the, the, the mission that Dad had after that and what he did to support all of the troops overseas was just, you know, was so so key for the, the next two decades. I, I, Dad, yeah. I'm sure some of the stuff that you guys uh, put out there are still out there today. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you know, it, I really happened to be in you know sort of the right place to uh, be able to do something that mattered uh, and that because you know the fact was as the wars broke out in iraq and afghanistan uh the the kind of threats that we were facing uh most of our vehicles w were logistics type vehicles humvees trucks they weren't built for roadside bombs etc and, you know, being in the job where we were responsible for making sure that all the technologies we were bringing into theater were going to add to the protection of the warfighters, 
and that. I mean, for the next 10 years, I tracked every single event that happened in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yep. If a soldier was wounded, uh, killed, or if he walked away, we tracked them all to, to look at what was working, what wasn't working. Did this vehicle, you know, live up to our expectations? Was there anything unusual? If there were, I mean, I went to Walter Reed to speak to some of the wounded on vehicles that you're like, and there was an event on this vehicle. We knew what the event was, but uh, these guys shouldn't have been hurt. Why? And you go visit them and find out, you know, because every little thing helps. It was all about, you know, if we can do something different today, then maybe we make a difference on somebody being alive tomorrow. And that's the way the next, you know, 10, 12, 15 years was. Yeah, yeah, and I'll say that I only had uh, four years as a civilian working for the Army, but those four years, never have I ever worked with a coworker being a soldier that was either enlisted or officer who had more purpose and drive. You know, since then I've gone on to work at different places, and you know, you got you find out there's a lot of slackers and complainers, but not in the military. And uh, that was a uh, uh, you know a special experience to have been a part of. To at least you know, even I was nowhere near as impactful as you were, Dad, but working with those folks was, was quite quite amazing. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, certainly you'd never want it to be that way, but to have an opportunity to do something that you know that matters, um, it really does change. I mean, I, you know, half worked myself to death over the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. But it's, it all matter. In fact, you guys probably suffered some in that I wasn't nearly as available during that time. Well, mom rocked, rocked the house. It was a team effort. You're good. Well, I remember we used to see you off to the airport a couple of times when you would go over to Afghanistan and stuff. So, you know, we all knew what was going on. So, and um, I'm sure, you know, the, the friendships and, and, you know, mom and dad, your best friends nowadays, you wouldn't have met them, um, you know, if, you, if it wasn't for all this. So there were positives that came out of it. And, you know, uh, and we've all kind of moved on, I guess, and as best we could. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and I kind of knew everybody understood what you're doing, but you always worry a little bit. You know, or you're not paying close enough attention at home. But, yeah, your mom was amazing. I mean, you know, because I really wasn't around. She had to deal with the fact that I was gone doing who knows what. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then, with, uh, you know, you guys growing up, um, let's face the high school and college aren't exactly easy years. Uh, you know, it's a pretty changing time of everybody's life. Uh, and that, and then having little Kate in the middle of all of that too yeah crazy time well before but the thing is is that you were ready to ride the wave of like being creative which is good for a long time prior to that because even my senior year of high school after us living in hawaii for the military you allowed me to live in some friend's basement for my senior year so that i could go to the high school of my preference instead of the one that the military moved us to. Yeah, no, I remember. You know, my parents moved between my junior and senior year in high school. 
Yeah. And they took me, and I remembered how horrible that was. Uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, no, we, I mean, we made, we tried to make the decisions we thought that would be good for you guys. I mean, I trusted you. I knew you were going to be a good person. And uh, I mean, it didn't, you know, I didn't, didn't feel great. I felt like I missed a lot of your senior year uh, and that, but uh, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I wouldn't have wanted to go to school where you guys were doing military stuff that year. So I appreciate right. it. But, uh, yeah, no, you, you're super dad. You're badass. We celebrate you. And, uh, that, that wasn't the goal. I wanted to get your, uh, your take on that dark day. Cause we were just sort of thinking about it. And, uh, and yeah, it was such a pivotal moment in our family's but life. It shaped a lot of us. It shaped a lot of us big time. Even if we thought we were already shaped. Yeah. Reshaped us. Yeah, no, I'm we're all in the same family, all three of us on the phone. We've seen the we've seen the the shape bend. So Scott, but anything yeah, I appreciate it. I, agree with you that it was just we were living in a, a historic moment that mattered yeah 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 <sighs> all right well everybody here in new york if you're listening you're on kpis the golden stream as ridiculous as that sounds i'm sorry dad <laughs> but that's that's the station we're on um <laughs> Go ahead. I, I still have a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I hope that they all also have not only a sense of humor, but the willingness to be sober for a second and experience a moment about reflection. And so I hope it goes both ways for everybody, but I'm glad you called in. I love you so much, Scott. I love you as well. Uh, do you have anything you want to say to each other or to me before we go out? So I was just say uh, thank you for your service, Dad. Love you, and uh, thanks, Kevin, for uh, having this opportunity to, to talk about it. Cool. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Yeah, I love you guys. I'm very proud of you, and uh, happy that you're my boys. No, oh, thanks, Dad. I love you. All right, I love, I love you, you both. See ya. Thank you, Dad. Everybody, I hope Dad. that you enjoyed understanding a day in the life. And I hope it moved you in a way that made you, uh, yeah, just made you, yeah, love the luck that we have to be in the situation that we're are, we are, in the country that we are, uh, and for those of you that were in the city before, and those of us that are here after, um, yeah, love this place. Fuck those guys. We got this. Let's play some songs. All right, you when, guys have a good night. Good night. And when I say fuck those guys, I meant the uh, bad guys, obviously. Goodbye, Dad.
Spicy, are you there? Spicy Dave. Spicy Dave in the house. Oop, let me pause that. I, uh, I am here, can you hear me? Spicy Dave is in the house. I'm turning on my video so that you can see me if that's helpful to you. But I'm excited uh, because you, uh, you've you been sitting there for a second patiently uh, listening to my brother and my dad and myself have a, the, the tail end of a conversation about 9-11. That was quite a conversation. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, special to get to listen to. That was um, being in, that, being in school with you guys when that, when that went down and, and yeah, I remember lots of, lots of emotions going on. Yeah. That, uh, that was crazy. I didn't expect to, um, to share that moment, uh, ever on the radio but when i was talking to scott and mark earlier about 9-11 and what we were doing on that day i just remembered how much that a big part of the day was being so freaked out and yeah. wonder, wondering what my dad was doing that right. that i thought fuck it should i use this as my one moment where i want to call him because I never know how to talk to him about his life. And uh, and I wasn't going for an angle either, but I just knew that he had an experience that day, and I thought it would be important. And so I called him when we were playing an interlude song. Yep. And I said, uh, I said, hey, Dad. He's like, I'm doing yard work or something. And I said, okay, well... I've got Scott on the radio and we would like to talk to you about the, our experiences that we all had on 9-11-2001 cause it's September 10th today in 2023. And he said, okay, but I don't have much time cause I'm rewiring the lighting <laughs> for the driveway. Sounds like, sounds like, uh, Sounds like dad. And of course, once we started talking about meaningful matters, um, we yeah, talked. He, he, yeah, he for came, like twenty. He, he, he uh, you can. One thought I had was listening to you guys talk. You know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in terms of uh, when it's, you know, meaningful conversation doesn't. He doesn't. You know, yeah. That was. Uh, he that monologues was, pretty good. Special, special to get to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my dad. I love him so much. I love my brother. What a dream for me to get to talk to the two of them together about uh anything. But definitely I I don't yeah, it's a that was a very uncomfortable day and moment and chunk of time. Yeah. And we were. Yeah, I mean, for 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 anybody, let alone for you know when you you know your dad was uh, you know where he was that day, and then then what it meant you know not only for that day but the hours and days and whatever after you know. It's, Before we test out the audio, is there anything that you want to say about what your day was like on nine eleven? Given that it's the tenth of September, any any memories or any thoughts or any wisdom 
for the listeners of Capis. The Golden Stream. The Golden Stream. The Golden Stream. Yeah, I just said that. That was the that, that was the best uh, station identification ever coming out of that conversation. That <laughs> I've never I've never heard you balk at 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 a station ID the way you you just did. It was honestly I want I want that on I want this in the in the, the archives purely to hear you <laughs> to 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 hear my dad you, talk. You check, you check you I know I know I just uh, I was like waiting for it and then to yeah. hear to hear my dad talk so. Uh, <laughs> honestly honest you know like that was what i loved is is he really just said the stories that i um some of them i was aware of and he told me a lot of things today that i had never heard before yeah and then at the end of that i have to say oh you're listening to k-piss the golden stream (laughs) the golden stream And he and, and again he and he he hits it out of the park too. He's just like yeah, I, I still got a sense of humor, you idiot. It's not my fault. <laughs> it was so great. It was just so. It was uh, like I said, that was very much an, an apple doesn't fall far from the tree moment where it's like yeah, uh. it's, yeah. But no, I mean he's a he's a he's a great man and and uh, he raised two great men. So it's uh, well, yeah, stop I mean, it, yeah, yeah. stop it. But uh, I, wasn't, wouldn't... I wasn't I wasn't talking about you, Kevin. Don't worry. Oh, good. Yeah, two. Uh, <laughs> No, but anything for that day? Any thoughts? You were at Virginia as well as I was. School was canceled. Yeah, I mean, yeah, school was canceled. I, I, I remember, you know, I, I didn't have classes that morning. I, I came up, I came out to, to see it. Um, I mean, my thoughts went, you know, my, my uncle was in the city, and, and so, I, you know, first thoughts mm-hmm. were with him, and then I knew he was, I think we ended up, I don't forget when exactly I found out he was okay, and then it was, um, I think I found out a few I don't remember. I think it was hours, or a uh, 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 acquaintance from my hometown was on one of the airplanes, and we found that out at some point. But um, oh wow, um, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a nice nice guy. He was uh, headed out to California. His sons were like our one of our swim coaches, tennis coaches at the at the local pool. But um, anyway, no, it was uh, it was just a strange day of, of um, um, you know, for 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 being in a relatively you know in a collegiate environment of on the grand scale of life, you know, constant, I don't want to say consequence free, but certainly living in a, in a, in a very wonderful little bubble that we had in Blacksburg and, and our, you know, our, our people and our, and our place and to sort of have it, you know, um, it's one of those moments of perspective that you, you know, measure your, uses a yardstick of your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, we, uh, We've had a we've had a good run. We we have, you know, life throws a brick through everybody's collective window ten thousand times over. We get the little ones, we get the big ones. Yep. But at the end of the day, you you people like you and me, we should acknowledge we've had it okay. We've got a good run, more or less, and so. Yeah, being. Yeah, being being born on third is you know. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Can I do a can I do a quick test with you? Sure. Because it's uh it's useful because it gives me an opportunity to promote the fact that I now have to travel this week for a work thing. So I've been, so for for the last like 3 months I've been flogging that I have a couple of war paint tickets. <laughs> okay. But now I have 3 cuz I can't even go. <laughs> and so I just want to tell everybody that's listening I've got three tickets to war paint 
The phone number is 917-994-9298. It is also, if you scroll up in the chat, it's at the beginning of when we declared this show. So you can see it at 6.03 and 38 seconds if you go to the chat. But uh, War Paint is the band that is badass from L.A., that uh, is playing at Brooklyn Bowl on Tuesday, the 12th of September, this week. Ooh, it's Sunday. I was going to say, I, I might be able to steal some, but if it's a Tuesday, that's, that's and so, for me. And so the magical question from the technology perspective, and we're going to work together, spicy, with thumbs up and down, is I want to just see for a second if we can get... Uh, everybody to listen to this song that's my favorite war point war paint song uh as a means of getting them enthusiastic about taking the tickets i there's no let's, there's, let's do it let's do it yeah okay good te Thank te you. testing testing is my career so i just want you to hear this i hope tests. i hope you can hear this You can hear it. In a you can talk now. Yeah, in a way that you couldn't before. Yeah, I mean, unless I, I want to make sure I hear this like I'm hearing it in its in its full form. But yeah, it sounds like I'm hearing it. Yeah. My favorite thing of this band is the drummer. Just wait for this right here coming up in two seconds. War paint. Three free tickets. I'm sad I'm not able to take them. Maybe so, you can see if uh, see if Eric wants to go. I hear he's a, he, it's his birthday. Is Eric 48 years old today? Yeah, that's what I learned. 48. Isn't that crazy? I'm 42. He's older than I am technically. Yeah. He's so live and spry. <laughs> Are you still doing your hula hoop routine? No, I haven't done it since those first three days. It's exhausting. Good question. Oh, oh thank you. That's what I. That's, uh, that's what the people want to know. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pre capus. Yeah, I've I've failed epically. There was, my a, there was I saw a great documentary about a, uh, called the Alp name the Alpinist about a, a climber uh, a Canadian climber and there's a section of it where he's hula hooping. And it's uh, mm. quite quite enjoyable. Before I, I'm gonna play some songs to close out this set. Uh, before I go, I love what I'm looking at with you. You've got a, <laughs> you've got a wooden ceiling. You look like you might be in like a beautiful cabin. Where are yeah, you exactly. in the world? Where I'm are you in the in, world? I'm in Tell my I'm in my, chi my childhood home, which is is a, is a barn. Uh, Scott Scott, your brother has been here. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's an old you're, barn. So you're you're seeing basically uh, the bottom of the floor upstairs so you're in the yeah, basement or are you on the, the main no, I'm floor on the, i'm on the ground floor ground um, floor and what 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 part of the the universe what part of the planet earth uh concord massachusetts concord, so uh, massachusetts. So the, uh this the birthplace of the revolution if you're so inclined to those sorts of things but uh wonderful yeah yeah uh, right down the street so about about uh Half of a quarter mile that way is uh, Miriam's Corner, which uh, Colonel Rooney will definitely know from his uh, his his studies of 
the revolution. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a good spot. The, the tomb of the unknown British soldiers right down the road too. So it's if you're if you're a civil war or civil war if you're a revolutionary war buff, it's a it's sort of like ground zero. So cool on this on this nine eleven type type memorandum. It's, it's going back a bit further, but it is one yeah. of those days. Um, it, is, it is one of those days. But I didn't mean for it to be that way. I thought it was going to be a birthday party, and then I just improvised in thinking about how much I uh, I was earnestly affected by nine eleven, and yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and my it's, family was. So I was like, "Fuck it, we'll talk about it." Yeah, it's, you wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't make sense for you to shy away from a topic of any of any sort at this point. That's kind of not your thing. So, oh, that's true. Hey, Are you happy there, that you can there's listen a, there's to... A, there's, a scab, there's a scab. Let's pick it. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those. <laughs> oh, boy. Those hula hoops are getting sharp, are they? <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say to you before we go? Oh, uh, so now you know that the music is sorted out. So if you yeah. do want to hang out on a Sunday, we'll get to listen to tunes together, even when... We're not listening to uh, each other chit chat, so isn't that nice? Yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. Um, I was going to tell you, I, we can talk off, more off the off the air, but uh, hopefully, I'll be might be down your way um, on these three weeks of vacation. I might be almost certainly going to be in, in Brooklyn um, oh. at some point. So, well, uh, just just for the record, I prioritize friend time, so I don't need to be there on the radio but i adore the possibility that it could happen but oh, yeah. more but more than anything i would just love to be able to spend some time with you so that that will happen no matter i can yeah that'll that'll happen so cool well thank you so for, if thank it, you for sharing the time with me and uh yeah always good to good to chat and i'll uh looking forward to, to doing it more more frequently everybody this is spicy dave spicy dave is going to be uh your new friend on kpiss the golden Sorry. stream. The golden stream. The golden stream. I just said the golden stream and so did spicy. <laughs> Why would we say it three times? <laughs> Why would we say it three times? Um, all right. Thank you. Um, let me spend two more seconds spacing out while I edit things in real time. And then uh, I'm going to go ahead and play a song and tell you, my friend, that if you'd like to chat, I'm around. Just give me a little holler. We'll do a little hello. But if not, I want to see you back here next week. I need help. I'm drowning over here. I'm <laughs> fucking drowning. Drowning in the Golden Stream. It's yeah. <laughs> I might even mail you like a new setup while you're traveling. And then you can uh, mail it to Scott when you're done. Next next Sunday, I'll be in, a, in the woods of Vermont, so it would be tricky, but two sun, two weeks from tonight is a possibility. So we'll All right, that's good to know. So I won't, yeah. I won't double down on financing a new hardware set. Not yet, not yet. All right, I'm going to play some songs. I love you, brother. Good to see love you. Happy, uh, happy vacation, three weeks. Good for you. Thank you, thank you, and, uh, and thank you for your service, uh, Mr. Rooney, Colonel Rooney, and uh, Scott, good to hear your voice as well, so thank you. Yeah, I love that. Celebration to that. All right, brother, see you, man. All right, miss you. Love you. Love you.
Something left inside 
that was the craziest thing that I've done kind of a long time. From being honest with you, talking to my dad and my brother in impromptu way on the same telephone. Sometimes I talk to my mom and my dad on the same telephone, but never, never that conversation. <clears throat> we don't talk about, we don't talk about 9-11. So uh, maybe that was interesting, maybe it was not, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was, maybe it was uh, a data point that was interesting for you. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that we're at the end of the program, uh, so I'm glad you were able to spend some time with us. Hi, my name's Eric. And I'm Kevin. And you're listening to The Daily Echo, right here on KPIS, The Golden Stream. That's right, you are listening to The Daily Echo right here on KPIS, The Golden Stream. Boom. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you to my brother and to my father uh, and to Mark and to Spicy Dave. Uh, appreciate your contribution. It makes it so much easier when I'm not all alone. Uh, love to you all. Have a good night. Here's the goodbye song. We'll see you next Sunday at 6 p.m., I suppose. And here we go. If you go away on this summer day, then you might as well take the sun away. All the birds that flew in the summer sky when our love was new and our hearts were high and the day was young. And the night was long And the moon stood still For the night bird's song If you go away If you go away If you go away But if you stay I'll make you a day like no day has been or will be again We'll sail the sun, we'll ride on the rain And talk to the trees and worship the wind And if you go, I'll understand Leave me just enough love to fill up my hand If you go away If you go away If you go away As I know you will You must tell the world To stop turning Turning Till you return again If you ever do For 
What good is love without loving you? Can I tell you now, as you turn to go, I'll be dying slowly till the next hello. If you go away, if you go away, if you go away. But if you stay, I'll make you a knight like no knight has been or will be again. 